Welcome to the Geek-Centric Podcast, and welcome to our watch club for the Disney Plus series, Obi-Wan Kenobi. The time of the Jedi is over. Hello, I'm Jayla, but you can call me Justin, and yes, today... I'll be hosting our watch club for Obi-Wan Kenobi episode one entitled part one. If you're joining us for the first time, this is watch club, our weekly review series, kind of like a book club, but way better. Keep in mind, we will be going into full spoilers for this series and Star Wars in general. So if you haven't watched the first episode, which is live now on Disney Plus, well, be sure to do so and come right back in less than 12 parsecs. Now, before we say hello there, let me introduce you to my traveler from the Outer Rim who's joining me today. She is a Jedi master who masterfully uses a pencil to create beautiful artwork. We have friend of the show, Megan Clara of Megan Clara Draws. How are you? Oh, that's so kind. Oh my God, to be referred to as a Jedi master. Um, I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for having me. Well, yes, as 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 many who have followed our, our other watch clubs will know, Nate is usually the one that hosts these. And, yes. Uh, you know, we usually have three or four different people here. Uh, everyone's very busy. Kev is currently in the process of moving houses. And if you're following us on social, Nate and Darcy are off in California right now. And they're enjoying all the sights and sounds of Star Wars Celebration. So Nate has left it up to me to host and kick off the first two episodes, which, uh, spoiler alert, we are going to be recording uh, both of them back to back, but they will be uh, issued as separate episodes. Um, but because it's the two of us, we'll probably move through these a little bit more quickly. Um, I've surmised uh, as much of the points throughout the episode. Uh, not as well as Nate has, but uh, as well as <laughs> I can. Um, and hopefully, uh, hopefully this will 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 do the job and do the trick. And yeah, I'm excited for when Nate comes back because this is quite the task. This, you know, he always says to me, he's always like, "You're you have all your video and editing stuff down to a science." And you know, doing yeah. this and putting this watch club together, he definitely has it down to a science. So, oh yeah, uh, yeah, you're doing the best a Jawa can do. So <laughs> exactly, there you go. I love it. Awesome. Well, let's let's just get right into it, Meg. Um, yeah. Uh, so the the episode kicks off with a lovely recap of the prequel trilogy, <sighs> focusing on Obi Wan's journey through those stories, along with Anakin. After this beautiful recap, it actually takes us into uh, I guess what's the beginning or what's happening of, of Order 66 as it's taking yeah. place. And and a, a young man of, I'm going to call them teenlings, because uh, they sure. look more like teenagers, <laughs> <laughs> uh, escaping the clutches of those clones. So before we go any further, I'd love to get your thoughts on this fantastic recap that, that played before. And, and the moments that we see of Order 66, do we think that this is going to have a more purposeful meaning as we go through the rest of this series? Uh, well, I am a big Obi-Wan fan. So super stoked for this show to be coming out. And then to see right. all of that recap of like him with Qui-Gon and the mm -hmm. passing of the torch and the responsibility to train Anakin um, and then seeing his brother like fall to pieces. It's just so cool. Obviously love that they stuck in those famous 
not great written lines <laughs> for uh, sure you know you're my brother anakin and <laughs> yeah. i have the high ground <laughs> all our favorites so really the recap hit me in the feels and that intro scene was not what i was expecting but it was yeah. so cool and yeah. another point of view from what happens when Order 66 is cast out. Like, we've now seen in Clone Wars, we've seen Ahsoka's um, experience mm-hmm. with it. We watched um, Anakin and Obi-Wan feel that. And we saw Yoda go through it, all those things. The Bad Batch. Bad Batch. We watched Kanan go through that. Yep. Or Caleb, yeah, we saw I guess. Yeah, Caleb. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. Yep, yep. So to, to now have just another point of view where it was... I'm assuming the Jedi Temple still. It was. Or, yeah, okay. Yeah, um, it, it totally was. It totally was. I, I totally got the vibe that it was it was the Jedi Temple. Um, the other thing yeah. that really stood out to me, too, is just, you know, after this beautiful recap that, you know, it kind of mm. felt like one of those, like, YouTube highlight reels. You know, where someone, <laughs> yeah, like, puts, fan put, made. stitches together the best. Mo- exactly. Very fan-made, but stitches together the best moments and really just summarizes... Uh, the character through the nuances of the story. Yeah. I think that that's that's really great. But I also feel like it's it's very much telling us who the series is going to be about, and that is Obi Wan and, and Anakin, obviously. And you know, like you said, they kept even the the quirky lines. But I know Kevin. <laughs> I know Kevin had watched it, and he said that recap is probably the best recap of the prequels that he's oh. ever seen. He doesn't he doesn't need to it's watch the real. prequels. He's not he's not overly a big fan of the prequels, but. You know what I mean? Like he says yeah. that 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 highlight reel really does capture the, the the best parts and highlights the importance of what the prequels have, have done, especially yes. setting up this. But moving into the the scene with uh, Order 66 taking place with these these teenlings e- escaping. First, yeah. the action that we see is is absolutely <gasps> stunning. Uh, feels very one take, right? Like it's just like the camera yes. doesn't really break. Yeah, it like goes in, it comes out, it it, it spins around, and I think it just and highlights that lightsaber Debra- work as well Ooh, was like some of the best live action lightsaber choreography I've ever seen. Yeah, it really just highlights how Deborah Chow is really going to elevate. I would say action qualities of Star Wars, because even even when I think back to the episodes that she's done of. The Mandalorian, the action is always top notch. Like she had some of the mm-hmm. best action sequences in her episodes, and I, and I think here this this again just showcases it. I am intrigued though with this group of kids. I think that they are going to play a huge importance, and I think we'll talk about that as we get further and we get introduced to uh, some more characters. Let's keep going here. Um, after seeing the events at the Jedi Temple, we jump forward 10 years later to our favorite desert planet with two sons, Tatooine. Uh, <laughs> this is where we are introduced to our new enemy, joined by several lackeys, if you will, the Inquisitors, hunting and killing all remaining Jedi across the galaxy. The Grand Inquisitor, being their leader, is interrogating and and kind of perceived as this ultimate antagonist. However, the third sister, Reva, steps in and then kind of takes over this this moment um their interrogation reveals a jedi hiding among the crowd played by uh benny safty one of the two safty brothers who directed uncut gems which i just think is an awesome oh my god cameo. that's He's... so funny <laughs> yeah uh after what was a, a very lackluster confrontation this nameless jedi escapes and reva makes it clear she is determined to track down obi-wan fed up with hunting minnows she wants to catch that big fish 
However, the Grand Inquisitor soon puts her in her place, reminding her of the hierarchy that she has adhered to. Now, I know you're, Meg, you're a fan of the animated series. I know that yes. you, you're familiar with the Inquisitors and, and the Grand Inquisitor. What did you think about this this introduction of the Inquisitors? Yeah, I thought it was um, really, really cool to finally bring them into a live action show because as I'm pretty sure it is just in the animated series and the video game that the Inquisitors are a part of. So it's fun to know that they are 100% obviously canon and we can see them in live action. And um, I know some people with trailers and things were a little iffy about the Grand Inquisitor's makeup and stuff. Mm. For me, I, as somebody from the animation world, the fact that they're able to do it at all, bring an animated character into live action that has inhuman qualities, mm -hmm. if it's done and it, is recognizable and is clean, then it doesn't really bother me that much. It's like seeing Cad Bane in Boba Fett. Right. I, right, right, right. I was just stoked no matter what. You couldn't have done anything wrong with that because how sure. do you bring a literal alien into a live action show? And Star Wars has always been, um, I think, ahead of the game in terms of prosthetics and oh, yeah. um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Practical effects. So practical effects. Yes, absolutely. I, I totally agree. And I think I think you're right. I think a lot of people online and were just a little bit miffed by the look and feel, yeah. you, you know, Rupert Friend, who plays the Grand Inquisitor, went on the record of saying he didn't actually do any research around the character. He, he wanted to approach it in a fresh way. OK, that's fine. But I do feel <laughs> like he this this scene doesn't really highlight any of the strength or or um, menacing uh, personality of of any of the inquisitors especially the grand yeah. grand inquisitor i think he i think reva actually steals steals the show here and she shows that she is she is the villain she is ruthless she's cunning and i know he's very pragmatic like the grand inquisitor is very pragmatic and has a way of mm -hmm. doing things which is very clear but in this moment reva looks more intimidating than than the grand inquisitor and then the rest of them um so i was i was a little intrigued but it, it does definitely set the stage of a feud or sort of that uh, yeah, what's hierarchy to what's to come especially like the the feud that they're gonna have uh as mm -hmm. as we get further in and her just being hell-bent on on wanting to catch this as as i said big fish that is yeah. obi-wan kenobi right so um okay moving into the next part here um after after this moment with the inquisitors we catch up with obi-wan who's living in solitude keeping to himself laying low He's sleeping in a cave nearby while working low-paying jobs. He's also in contact with a Jawa trader called Tika, <laughs> who happens to who happens to share something he found that belonged to a Jedi, which Obi Obi Wan just shrugs off and doesn't you know want to give any thought to. You know, as his day winds down and we see him fall asleep, this takes us into a nightmare flashback sequence uh, that seems to really capture what's haunting Obi Wan. Um, and as he wakes up, he's softly asking for Master Qui-Gon Jinn uh, in this empty cave. Um, okay, so in the recap at the end, we hear Yoda saying to Obi-Wan, as he did in Revenge of the Sith, I'm going to teach you something so you can communicate with your old master. Here we get yep. the second reference to Qui-Gon Jinn. 
are we going to see Qui-Gon in this? Are we going to get <laughs> his voice? So. Like, I'm, I am like double fingers crossed. I am like toes crossed. I really hope <laughs> Liam Neeson comes back because I didn't, we did not get enough of him. Oh my God. I am full, again, animated person coming from mm-hmm. the Clone Wars. There's that um, section of episodes where you may have to remind me on the planet's name, but it's the one with the oh, light yeah. and dark and it's really heavy. I can't remember the name, but we'll... Yeah, yeah, nor can I. Yeah. Throw if it in there. Darcy or Nate were here, they, they're off in Star oh, Wars Celebration. screaming so. at us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> anyway, they're on that like very Force-sensitive planet and mm-hmm. um, as they're going through like trying to sleep and Anakin, has, they can't find Anakin, Obi-Wan connects connects with um, Qui-Gon Jinn and he's like mm. this can't be real I can't be actually connecting with you right now What what's happening so to know that eventually he will figure out that that's a true thing he can do and mm. I also think it's such a sad moment for him to be like asking for him and know that he's closed himself off from the force so much at this point that he can't connect with him anymore maybe like maybe he's been able to in the past but now he can't because he's so Uh, far gone yeah absolutely i think the closing off of the of the force is is something that we'll talk more about but you Mm -hmm. get that hint of it here you get that hint of it even in the scene where he's talking with with the jawa and you know he just kind of doesn't want to doesn't want to talk about jedis he doesn't want to hear anything about them yeah. right he he's he's kind of ignoring that part of his life if you will um i think this again just is a peek behind the curtain of the the trauma that that obi-wan is carrying um and i think again that's going to be very much the center of of this story it felt very reminiscent of of what we saw in the book of boba fett with yeah. uh you know similar just how how boba was using obviously it was taking place in a back to tank where he was kind of getting these flashbacks of his past and kind of you know internalizing how he came to be i think here what we're seeing is you know there's there's a lot of weight that he still mm-hmm. carries he sees himself as a failure letting his his friends down letting down the jedi and yeah i think that this little nightmare sequence really just highlights the sort of the weight of what he's carrying with him and why he is the way he is. So let's keep moving on here. Um, Obi-Wan has been keeping an eye on Luke uh, from afar. Uh, we, we saw that obviously in, in uh, one of the trailers that, that dropped and we knew that that was Luke. And here we get that scene. We see him sitting on a cliff um, and then he goes over to drop off a toy that was uh, what the Jawa Tika gave him. Um, and we actually see that toy apparently uh, in A New Hope. Uh, when when really? Luke's playing with it, so again, really interesting, <laughs> small small thing that they they do to, to connect the dots. Um, on his way back to his cave, Obi Wan runs into a traveler named Nari, the nameless Jedi that escaped uh, the Inquisitors in, in the scene earlier, who calls him Obi Wan rather than Ben, and he says he needs his help. The Inquisitors are hunting him. Obi-Wan encourages him to bury the lightsaber and lay low and moving on with his life as the time of the Jedi is over. Our protagonist says, riding off and urging Nari to just accept things as they are. So this with the flashback that I mentioned in the last scene, it's very clear again, Obi-Wan is broken. Is it safe to say? Absolutely. Also with this question, do you think Nari is one of those kids that we saw at the opening? I don't know. If if he is, then I bet you we see all of them in some aspect. And mm. I have an inclination as to who one of them 
maybe <laughs> yeah i think i think we'll we're 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 on the same wavelength when we get there yeah. we'll, we'll be able to chew on that i think um what they're building out here is is a really interesting character study like I was lucky enough. I was lucky enough to attend a, a press conference in advance to seeing these episodes drop, and in the press conference, um, Deborah Chow went on the record of saying that she feels like this is a character study is as similar to that of of Logan or the Joker, where it's it's very much focused on on um, a character and these sort of internal struggles and 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 the layers that that kind of build that character and i think that that's that's very apparent even in just these moments you know especially the mm -hmm. way he's reacting and to see nari so fight back and just be like what happened to you like what happened to you you were you were a great jedi but we know as viewers the struggles of what obi-wan is dealing with we've we went yeah. through the prequels and we understand that he didn't just lose his 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 brother, his best friend, or you know his apprentice. He lost everything. He knows what the the stakes are of 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 why he needs to go into hiding. And I think the advice that he's trying to give here is to just lay low and forget forget that life because, or else it's it's going to get you killed. And I think that that's yep. valid <laughs> advice. <laughs> valid, valid <laughs> <Yep>. advice. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, the episode rotates in and around showing us this sort of mundane life of, of Obi-Wan. And upon finishing another day, a work day for, for Obi-Wan, as he arrives at his stable, uh, Uncle Owen throws the ship that he had left for Luke at his feet and asks him to stay away from Luke. Obi-Wan reinforces his responsibility to Luke while Owen makes some emotional digs that brings up Anakin and leaves Obi-Wan to feel a little hollow. As Owen leaves, Riva and the fifth brother are beginning to interrogate a bunch of town folk. Riva senses Owen is hiding something and threatens to kill his family if no one speaks up on his behalf. This goes on for a while until the fifth brother forces Riva to stand down. And as, as Riva walks away, she promises Owen she'll get him next time. So again, another moment here that we see Riva like really just kind of overstepping right like she's yeah. she is is forceful what do you think is is driving this like i know that we we probably that might be something that could kind of hint at where we're getting at in in two but is this where we want to talk about it or do we want to wait to talk about what we're thinking well i feel at least for me if we talk about it now it will i should say give her a little redemption in my mind because okay i'll be completely honest I'm not a huge fan of her yet. I okay. I don't know what it is, but I, in the first episode and continuing into the second one, I don't necessarily feel where this anger is coming from or like mm -hmm. why, why do you want to find Obi-Wan so bad? And it just doesn't read to me. However... If she happens to be one of those kids from that moment, maybe there was some reason that Obi-Wan was meant to protect them and he didn't, and that becomes her driving force. But there's just, I don't know. I Again, I've seen both episodes twice now, but there's something missing for me with her performance. I don't know yeah, I think why. I think you're I think you're you're getting exactly what I'm I'm feeling like she okay. is the mystery. 
She is the mystery yeah. more so than anything else. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, uh, beyond the Inquisitors, beyond, you know, how this whole confrontation between Obi-Wan and, and Anakin is in, or Darth Vader is going to happen. Um, I think the biggest mystery is who's Reva and why is this yeah. so important to her? And yeah. I think clearly here, you know, we see her cut off the hand of, of just a woman <laughs> to yep. set an example. <laughs> and then she was going to kill Owen and his family and promises that that she'll she'll be back for him. Mm -hmm. um, I just think that to your point there's information that we haven't been given yet that is fueling why she is this way but she kind of seems like she's in control like she knows yeah. what she's doing to a certain degree and to the point of even with the idea of how how sort of reckless she is there's a reason sure. to that there's a there's a there's mm -hmm. a there's a purpose to that um so yeah i think i think the mystery around reva is is very interesting and and i you know setting her up as as potentially being one of the kids that was able to get away from order 66 i think would be would be perfect so good um yeah. i'd also okay. would love yeah. to highlight um is it edgerton joel yeah, edgerton's joel edgerton. performance yes. in that yes. scene was amazing i love that he is back from the uh revenge of the sith film because yeah. he accepts lucas's nephew or whatever um but his performance not only with Ewan McGregor and Obi-Wan, but also with Reva in that scene and mm -hmm. his like slight looks to the right to look at Obi-Wan to say like, mm -hmm. this is your fault, man. Um, yeah, exactly. He did such, yeah. such a good job. It was so cool. And and I love how when, when Reva, you know, leaves, you know, Obi-Wan comes over and says, thanks, Owen. And he says, I didn't do it for you. Right. Because yeah, you forget exactly. that he did it because of Luke, really, at the yeah. end of the day. Right. Um, so I, I think, yeah, Joel, seeing Joel Egerton just come back and, and hopefully he'll be in more episodes as, as we go. Yeah, through. I hope so. Who, who knows? Um, but yeah, he's a fantastic actor and a fantastic filmmaker as, as a director too. So I think, um, yeah, he really does commit and it does show here that, uh, as many years have passed since Revenge of the Sith, he's still willing to come back and, and, and commit to this role. So bravo to Mr. Joel Egerton. Um, Okay, so let's move into the next part here because this is where things get really, really interesting. <laughs> um, we leave Tatooine and head to Alderaan where we see a young Princess Leia mischievously skipping out on an important political event to play in the woods. In these scenes, we see her infinity for adventure as she makes up little stories of these ships that are flying away. We see her also as a 10-year-old with a strong voice chewing out her cousin. Upon being reprimanded and returning to the woods, uh, she ends up being captured by several goons as they chase her. Now, that's a very quick, condensed version of that scene. There, There is a lot of nuance to it. Um, but were you surprised by this? Because I was definitely surprised. How did you feel? Shocked. Then? I had yeah. no clue that Leia was going to be this major feature character in this series, mm -hmm. though very fun to know that she had a growing relationship with Obi-Wan prior to A New Hope. So there's something there that she already knew who he was and why she could reach out to him for help, which is so cool. Um, that little actor, Vivian Blair, who plays young Leia is so spunky and so mm. fun and super sassy, which is fantastic and so reminiscent of Carrie Fisher's performance in the first, or I guess episode four, five, six. Um, so that was so fun to make that connection and she did such a good job there. 
She is a child. And there are a lot of chase scenes with her that I feel maybe the editing wasn't as strong when it comes to her chase scenes because there were moments where those full-blown adults were just like, oh, no, she passed through my arms. Yeah, (laughs) it felt very, it felt very, like. Leave it to Beaver style chase. Scene. Yeah, like just, you had you to could really have done some quick disbelief. jump cuts, and 100%. and it would have looked like she was faster. But anyway, if she's a kid, you can't force her to run fast. There was but... only one scene that I really liked in the chase scene where she ducked and slid to yes. avoid. Right, and I, yeah. I wish they had used that a little bit more. They used her height and the ability of like being able to be crafty. She knew the woods. She's she's mm-hmm. that's her planet. That's her home. So she knew yep. how to fight. And then, you know, these guys would have actually been knocked out, leaving, you know, this character played by Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Let's just take a second here. Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> is in the Star Wars universe, which is wild. Kind of okay. took me out when I realized who he was. But, you know, again, there could have been a better way to handle it. And I do think yeah. that this is where it kind of took me out. I'm like, what is going on here? The the young actress that is that is playing this young Leia. Uh, she she captures the subtle nuances of of the Leia that we know and love, and she really has ingrained it in her personality. And it's mm-hmm. almost funny too because in the moment when she's chewing out her cousin, you can tell she's using the Force to yeah. evaluate and sense uh, what drives her cousin. She just doesn't know it's the Force, right? Yeah. But the only way people inherently have have been able to read people are Jedi's because they sense it in them, right? They yep. read them, right? So. You know, again, it, it does show her ability to be very adult, very uh, aware. But mm-hmm. I also think it's it's a subtle nod to the inherent force abilities that she has that we don't yet know of or that she doesn't yet know of. So yeah. I liked that. I, I actually really liked it. And I Me think too. this is going to be a, a pretty divisive part of this episode is bringing young Leia in. Because, you know, you called it out like we haven't really gotten to the point of where we know uh, Obi-Wan and, and so on are going to start interacting. But we we inevitably get the hint that Obi-Wan's going to be important, especially yeah. given what else is gonna, about to happen in this episode, right? We know that Obi-Wan's going to be, they're going to have an interaction. And it's funny yeah. w- how this may alter the events or maybe it doesn't we'll we'll talk about it when we get to episode two but okay. i think i think it's it's interesting that it, it might not necessarily alter it all that much um okay this is my last little chunk of this episode I'm, it's a little bit more of reading so i'm just going to close it out and then we'll get into our overall thoughts and score all right so after this leia's adoptive parents bail and bria organa reach out to obi-wan and plead with him to help them bring her back they can't get the senate involved or, or anyone else involved just because of how sensitive the situation situation is so for now obi-wan is their only hope obi-wan refuses pointing out that 10 years have passed and he's not the same man he once was he encourages them to find someone else later on his way back from another mundane work day obi-wan sees nari the jedi that he met in the desert strung up as the town folk look up in sadness not taking no for an answer bail shows up at obi-wan's home and reveals that Leia has been taken to Dayu, a, a we will see in episode two, <laughs> and encourages Obi-Wan to get over himself, essentially. They all experience loss, but he needs to let things go. Uh, meanwhile, on the bounty hunter ship, little Leia is resourceful and uses her friend Lola yep. to break her binds. But her captors arrive, destroy the robot, and promise no one is coming for her. It is also revealed here that the whole plan was devised by Riva to draw out 
Obi-Wan of hiding. But it seems like the words of Bail Organa had worked because we see Obi-Wan venture out to the middle of the desert where he digs up his old lightsabers and he finds himself at a boarding a ship where we now know he is heading to Dayu to rescue Leia. And the episode ends. Okay, so I covered off a big chunk there. First, let's start with like Bail Organa coming to see Obi-Wan. Like first Jimmy Smith's hello Jimmy Smith's welcome back yeah. to the Star Wars universe and he's <laughs> he's so charming like even in the moments that we see Bale with with Leia you like you just you see such a a father-daughter relationship I, I just I really loved it like you know I think her mother it's clear that her mother doesn't really get her but Bale yeah. gets her do you know what I mean mm-hmm. but Bale really gets her and understands that inherent And you know I think he gets her because he was so close with Padme so he can feel and sense so that with her. Right. And yeah. that's why he has such a closer connection than the mother does. Yeah, for sure. She, he, he gets it, right? You know, mm-hmm. there's even that moment when she was looking at the spaceships. Bale's like, oh, what did you see today? Right. And, you know, yeah. like they, they have the same sort of sense of humor. They have the same sort of imagination. And I think that that's, it's just so great to see him. And, and here to be this sort of reinforcing force of like to Obi-Wan, like literally the reinforcing force to him to tell him to just get over yourself. Like we all yeah. have, have experienced loss. We're all doing what we can to pick up these pieces. You need mm-hmm. to let go. Right. And, and it, you're the only other one who knows how important exactly. Leia is. Exactly. Exactly. And it's true, right? Which is why they don't want to get the Senate involved. They don't want to hire any bounty hunters because then they're going to be like, well, what's so important about her? They're going to go to an old friend to see if uh, he can help. And apparently that's the motivation he needs. And I don't know. I think it's really great when he gets to the desert and he's just, you know, he's digging it out. Like as soon as he gets there, I'm like, oh, he's getting his lightsaber. That's what he's doing. Right. And when you see it and he he has, it looks like he has both his and Anakin's. Anakin's. Yeah. Which is, (laughs) which is nuts. uh... Right. So, you know, he puts them both. He had them both in the, in the desert. So I love though, Mm -hmm. too, that, Riva, she's she's playing a a, a a long con game here of chess by mm-hmm. using whatever resources she has to get Obi Wan out in the open so she can she can capture her. So I, I like that yeah. as we closed out this episode, that was the reveal as to why Leia was infused in this episode. Because at first I was kind of like, why would she be here? But then we get this moment that really does justify why she was in, involved into this story. And I'm excited to talk about episode two mm-hmm. where we can unravel this a bit more. But yeah, that was that was it for episode one, part one of of Obi-Wan. So I think I think with that, I think it's it's safe to say we, we need to give our final impressions on this episode and our final score, which we'll be rating out of one to five buried lightsabers. Meg is our guest. Why don't you kick things off? Yeah. Overall, I think it was a great start to a series we've all been waiting for for so long. And Mm -hmm. um, it really highlighted Obi-Wan in his post-Jedi form. You know, he's distanced himself from the life he knew. And we're about to see him step back into that for the first time in 10 years. And with a lot of pain and baggage. And he truly carries that and it's it's really uh relevant yeah that you can I, I you can tell he truly is just like i don't want to do this again 
it hurt me more than a lot of people and he's he's really hesitant to get back into it but it's it's really exciting it's exciting to see old characters it's exciting to see new characters I'm intrigued on where they're gonna go and um I think as a first episode also with the recap at the beginning I'm gonna have to give this one a four out of five buried lightsabers I, I could not agree with you more, Meg. I, I really enjoyed this this episode. I think it, it does such a great job at setting up what the series is going to be. It's unapologetically embracing the prequels and using them as a launching pad for this new story, which feels entirely new and, and fresh. The episode is the strongest when it's focused on Obi-Wan. Um, mm-hmm. While I think Reva is 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 cunning and, I, and I'm intrigued to learn more about her, I was a little underwhelmed with the Inquisitors, as I was mentioning, and I think that we could have gotten a little bit more from them as being the, the sort of menacing. Um, yeah. They look great, but they were very background rather than the foreground. Um, mm-hmm. Introducing young Leia was a choice. I, I do like <laughs> it, uh, especially with the subtle implications of seeing the Leia we know and love show up in this younger version. Uh, I do think she she might be a bit too young. Like I think she like yeah. she's, she they say she's ten, but I feel like she's eight. Um, I think the actual actor was seven years old when they filmed this. So so that's and that to me like it it does show like it's one thing yeah. when you get someone older and you say that they're younger, but when you get someone younger and say that they're older, it's just harder to bridge that unless they yeah. you know unless they look it that being said th- this serves as another example though of of embracing the history of star wars and and making slight changes because as much as people want to move away from the skywalker saga which i i can agree with to a certain degree i, I would love to see more stories that are not skywalker saga centric i also think there's a lot of interest in telling more stories with these characters at different points like yeah. we've gotten already with luke in mando season two and in the book of boba Fett here we're seeing just a different perspective now how it ties into the whole what's already canon that is yet to be seen while this episode is great at setting things up and introducing some of these characters it's not perfect Uh, as I mentioned the introduction of uh, the Grand Inquisitors and the rest of the Inquisitors was a little lackluster it left me wanting more I didn't find them menacing or or anything scary about them and and Reva really did outshine them in the end I really do love what they're doing by introducing this young Leia however that chase scene in the forest was absolutely horrible (laughs) and was really really lame however this episode is still a win and a huge success so I'm going to be giving this episode a four out of five buried lightsabers well that's it we've just wrapped up our first episode of obi-wan kenobi for our watch club uh but before we close things out meg uh, i'd love for you to share with our listeners where they can uh see more of you and and the artwork that you're doing uh so where can they find you Absolutely. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Megan Clara Draws. You can find me on Twitter at Megan Clara Draws. And now you can also find me streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Megan Clara Draws, where I also draw live. So you get to see my process. You can see how I create characters and um, do different crafts. You can also watch me learn. I'm currently learning how to do background art. So um yeah, you can come and hang out with me and chat and say you found me through the Geek Centric podcast. <laughs> yeah, I honestly I've I've checked it out. I've joined a couple streams and and honestly it's it's tons of fun to see your process and how you do the work that you do. You know that Thank app you. Procreate so well. 
Um, it's taken some all, time. <laughs> <laughs> you have all the tricks. And I love that you're sharing, you know, what you're learning at the same time on Twitch. I think it's it's such a great experience. It also encourages other people to to join in, in the learning and, and to accept that because, you know, we're all we're all figuring it out as we go right so exactly I think that's great and of course we'll have all the links to your accounts in the show notes below so definitely go over to megan claire's channels show her some love but that is it for this episode of watch club for obi-wan kenobi uh we hope you enjoyed it. and if you did make sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts if you haven't already and if you want to write into the show with your thoughts and or, or your own predictions on on the shows that we cover in watch club well you can reach out to us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com that's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com or you can reach out to us on twitter at geekcentricyt or on instagram at wearegeekcentric keep in mind we also have a ton of other episodes covering the latest and greatest shows and movies out now including our recent spoiler free reviews for the bob's burger movie and stranger things 4 meg have you checked out any of stranger things 4 yet it's too no? scary oh, for yet. me <laughs> <laughs> okay okay yeah might not be everyone's cup of tea and it, this one is definitely scarier so like spoiler alert anyways um also i'm stoked to say that we have our spoiler free and spoiler filled reviews for dr strange in the multiverse of madness as well as our very special interview with director sam Raimi and writer of in the multiverse of madness mr michael waldron who joined us on the podcast for an interview with myself and kevin uh we had a great time with them We'll keep touting that interview for as oh, long as so we can because cool. it was such a surreal, surreal experience. <laughs> uh, plus, we have our weekly This Week in Geek episodes where we break down the latest trailers and news every single Wednesday. This past week was a little bit later just because of timing issues. But our next episode of This Week in Geek will be all Star Wars. Uh, we are going to be catching up with Nathan Darcy for all things star wars celebration so you won't want to miss that so be sure to subscribe and hey maybe leave us a five-star review if you don't mind we always appreciate the love meg i'll talk to you shortly we're about to record episode two but thank Sounds you for good. joining me for you this watch club and as we say may the force be with you always, always.